bear with me. What if you just lean into not having a structure? Like, just kind of roll with it. <laughs> Hello, gentlefolk of the internet. Welcome to The Kindness Economy. Cultivating the mindset that kindness in and of itself is a resource. It's recording! Hello, gentlefolk of the internet. There's no wave to see. (laughs) There's no wave to check. Welcome to the kindness economy. We're back! We're back. We talk about doing business from the heart outward. We talk about kindness as a commodity. (laughs) And how awesome that is. And how much kind of potential that gives us. And um, this is our very special episode of a COVID update because you haven't seen us in a while. We haven't seen anyone for a while. We haven't seen anybody in a minute. We haven't seen anyone for a while. (laughs) And so, like, it just sort of felt like uh, we should just update each other and our audience about what's going on, what we're doing, how we're taking care of ourselves and the people in the world around us. I'm just laughing because every time I talk to my parents, they're like, so what's going on? I'm like, nothing, nothing, nothing's happening. What about you? Oh, nothing, nothing. Nothing's happening. There's a lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's still, it's, oh God, it's been like six weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. I should have looked up the number of days before we started, but it, it's been six weeks-ish. Yeah, I'm doing my newsletter, and the last one that went out was six weeks since I rebooted the disaster protocols in it for people on my mailing list. Right. <laughs> I've been watching your emails come through, too. And uh, oh, honestly, like the first, I started to get, like, after maybe a month, I started to get kind of, like, depressed because I was just, like, focusing on like the myself and the people part. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. kind of was just like, I don't have time or space for the people around me, blah, 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 blah. And like a lot of things have shifted, but I've also shifted. Like I started getting up in the morning. Yeah. And like just getting to work and like I get up. For current I, values of work. For, right. <laughs> but there was a thing this year where I set a goal for myself to like, actually, you know, set a pass fail. We're like, because I don't have real clients that I say in quotes, right? Because I don't have anybody paying me. It's not a, it's, I'm in school. Nothing matters. I could fuck up. No one cares. I'm just doing this for myself and anyone who cares to watch. No one's paying me. So there's no stakes, right? And I was like, no, I want some fucking stakes. I want some real challenge. And it was just like, Boom, Lyme disease. Boom, major, like, like rehabilitation of my shoulder. Boom, oh, also COVID-19. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> the universe was like, you rang? Yep, right. And I was just like, okay, so I need to just, back. I'm going to just let go of work. And, and just focus on the house and focus on my family. I got to homeschool these kids now, you know? And like it just became almost too insular and I started to feel better after like you get like getting to work and like feeling productive for current values of productive, right? Like getting out there and like listening to Gary V in the morning 
And his like tea with Gary Vee thing in the morning is really nice. He gets like super intimate with some people and like really helps like people see their shadow mm. in a, like a held space, you know? Like, yeah, I know it's weird, but he does that shit on some days on a good day. He does that shit. It's like kind of hard. Like it's just, it, it, if you get like the first 30 seconds of Gary V, you might just think he's an asshole and that's fair. He's aware of that problem. But when okay. you really get in there and spend some time with him among the agro alpha dudes, he's really talking about patience and empathy and kindness. And like the reason that I call our shit, the kindness economy is a little bit influenced from him. And like, you know, like that's a part of like a part of my game of trying to get his attention is naming our bullshit a word he uses. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like that's a part of this. And like watching him be just really gentle and but firm and like, nah, this is you're you're full of shit right now. And you know you're full of shit. Here's what's up. You can do better. And like I watch him with that and like like the first person that I watch is this woman who was doing it one way and was doing the beauty thing. Right. And, um, it's this, uh, black woman. And now she wants to go in a natural direction, but, but she doesn't want to lose her audience. And like, I'm having that same problem where like on, on TikTok specifically, mm. because I have that like legend of her 10 K you know, anything, any number over 10K, that's like that's the hugest audience on any social media platform. And so like, since I've cut my hair, like there was the part where like, eh, the Washington Post showed up and I started getting kind of snobby. But like just, you know, ever since I cut my hair, I just don't want to go back because I'm afraid that like the whole audience was there because I had fucking pink hair. Or like, it's just it's really so stupid. You... It's so insecure and stupid. And the thing that he said to her that I needed to hear, right, was just in your head, just go to zero. Just mentally and emotionally, like whatever fucking thing you have about that number. Yeah. Just make it zero now. And then anybody that stays is fucking Great. extra. Yeah. And I just needed to hear that. And it was part of what like, helped me get back to work. Like the first thing I heard him say was the thing I needed to hear to be like, oh yeah, I should just get back to work. I should just not give a fuck. And then I, you know, I just started doing the, the gardening and the gardening has been really great. Oh God, it's just like, it's just such a deep visceral practice of um, patience. Yes. We've had a garden out back, like, since we moved in here. Um, like, even when we were in, like, staying in upstate New York and had, like, window boxes, I was very much like, if we're going to water it, I'd like to be able to eat it. Um, yeah. I remember yeah. you telling that story about before with your, your, uh, your window boxes as the enough part. Yeah. And I, like, I, totally, I totally, like, I have you in my <laughs> head of, like... This is enough. This is beautiful. You know, and I'm just like, yeah, like, every morning cool. listen to Gary. But also, <laughs> it's like the effort that I was that we were putting into those window boxes was like, if we're going to put this effort in, we want to be able to get some food out. 
not because we were doing it because of food, but just to see, just to get that kind of. It's got that, it's this really neat symbiotic. Yeah. So like having the yard here, it's like, hmm, we can put things that are a little bigger. So we've had this rolling garden going like for years now that's pretty established that we just kept eating out of. So when the orders, like lockdown orders came, we were like, okay. And, you know, went and got the staples from the grocery store and have been doing like greens and rice or greens and whatever's in the freezer and like beans and squash and nice being able to supplement things from the garden. But also uh, it grew like after a certain point, the plants get happy. Yes. And they, uh, they keep pushing food at you. The ground keeps pushing food at you faster than you can eat it. So we like, one of the things that I talk about in my mailing list and for disasters is one of your biggest assets is relationship. What is the relationship that you have with the people around you? So like, this has been a really interesting practice, like live practice of that, because we have been hanging out doing porch yelling at the neighbors. It was like, Hey, what's up? Um, like talking with the people around the corner from us. And it's been this sort of ongoing thing, like on Sundays where people will come, like we'll send word out like, Hey, we can't eat what's in the garden right now. Who needs backup? And like people that need supplementing of their food will be like, so we don't like open the gate and tell them, you know, walk down the driveway and like push the gate and we're inside and they're outside. And it's like, take, you know, bring, bring your knife, bring your bag, like mm-hmm. get what you need. And it's been kind of a really nice relationship building thing where people like, even if they don't need anything, they see us announce it and they're like, Oh, thank you for saying something. We're good. How you doing? And then mm-hmm. it becomes, again, this cultivation of relationship, which, y'all, relationships. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just saying. <sighs> yeah. I've been doing a lot of um, seed distribution. Mm. Uh, I've been avoiding using, like, Johnny Appleseed because I'm pretty sure he was a uh, colonizer on a mission. Um <laughs> But the thing I like thinking about is earth seed. I have been, oh. That, and so, ooh. like, I keep, like, hashtag earth seed on my shit. <laughs> so, Just, for those of you that are like, what is earth seed? Right. Parable of the sower and parable of the talents. I think I listed those as one of my resources one week because mm-hmm. even though it is some pretty heavy. It's dark. Heavy, mm-hmm. dark science fiction dystopian sort it of is stuff. Octavia Butler, right? It is yes, Octavia Butler. <laughs> I said it the is, name wrong last time. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Got the point across. Yeah. But the like oh if you have not read it, Get consider it. getting it. Consider yeah. getting it. Even, like even if science fiction is not your thing, consider getting it. Because again, it gets into relationships. It gets into gardening. <laughs> And the like the earth seed is a uh, feature in the book that kind of takes that sort of gardening and cultivation aspect like to the next level. But also 
one of the premises, one of the main tenets of Earthseed that I've kind of started to run with for my business and like with my clients is change. Mm-hmm. Change is inevitable. It's beautiful. Change is chaotic. Mm-hmm. Change is something that's coming whether you're ready for it or not. So how do you prepare <laughs> yourself for change? <laughs> also, understand you don't like it. That's yeah. fine. It, you don't have to like it. It shows up whether you like it or not. It ain't going to give a it fuck. It doesn't care what you think about it. It's here. Like, Oh, you're cute. <laughs> you just lit up. I know, but they're over you're there like, looking hey. cute. I just, you know, somebody's in my house. Oh. There's other people here. Anyway. You got the little hearts on your cheeks like, <laughs> Um. So... So what are your like go-to self-care things? Like how are you like we are in an intensely pressurized place. Yes. I am finding all of my bandwidth is confusing. I don't know how it works anymore, apparently. Yes. Um and uh help me. Can you tell me what you're doing to stay okay? <laughs> I would love a variety of <laughs> options. And you can tell me oh. what you're doing, and I'll try to share what I'm doing, and maybe other people maybe need other this people shit too. I'm saying. One of the things that I'm writing about right now, like behind this screen, is an essay I'm writing um, on the shift from Kronos to Kairos. What does that mean, Kronos to Kairos? Kronos, Kronos is time, right? Yeah, Kronos is one of the Greek concepts of time. Uh-oh. Kairos is the other. Oh, shit. We have been living predominantly in Kronos, being ruled I mean, by the clock, that makes sense. I'm very clearly like defined on that. Ch- I know what that means. Yeah. Yes. I played Chrono Trigger, too. You gotta be here. You gotta be there. Gotta Just drop Just some like Super Nintendo back. shit on these kids. <laughs> um, Kairos is much more about the spirit of the moment and understanding like the right time to act. Um, So like one of the examples I used was like people in losing such a strong Kronos structure, Mm -hmm. that change, really big change. And people are just like, I'm freaking out. They don't have that structure to hold themselves together. And I've had this flurry of people like coming unglued calling like, mm. what do I do? And I'm like, how about we relax into this for a second? Maybe you're like, you, you are shifting how you relate to time. So that's why time is doing all these weird things. But you're so used to being able, one, being in such a strict construct of time, but also having to produce. Again, that whole like, if you're not productive, you're not valuable as a person, which we all know is bullshit. But... But it still when makes that, me feel better. Whatever. Yeah. Carry on. And, and Kronos is how you measure that. Right. And now we've shifted into Kairos. So it's not like I had one client try to um, schedule her day so that, you know, like, oh, I don't have structure. I'll give myself some structure. But it had things like meditate, 7.30 a.m. every day. And then when you inevitably miss one, it became this opportunity to like just go oh, man miseram, like flagellate and like I am a terrible person. Right. And I'm like, what did the, 
okay, I got, I got an idea. How about like, what would happen if instead of I must do this every day at 7am and then like feel bad because I don't, you just change it to, I do it when I get up. It's softer. It's not something you can put in the calendar. It's something that happens when the moment is right, when you wake up. And you, I could kind of hear like the click, click, in the back of her head, like, what? Like, <laughs> bear with me. What if you just lean into not having a structure? Like, just kind of roll with it. <laughs> there's there's a couple of things that I thought of when you're like the the first thing that I thought of when you were talking was just like the part in our texting when you were said something about Friday and I was like right days go in order in quotes <laughs> time is a weird thing right yeah, now just in a weird construct of time right now uh, but also, like, part of the thing with the thing that I was saying was, like, really helpful to me was just giving myself a little bit of, just a start, with a little bit of Kronos. Of, like, because to get to Gary V on the East Coast, I got to get up at 6 a.m. Yeah. To hear his show. Yeah. And it's really nice. Like, I'm by myself in the house. I just hear birds <laughs> and shit. Stare out the window. Look at yeah. my plants. Um, but I mean, I've also been asking people about uh, what are their non-negotiables right now? <clears throat> um, because everything's been thrown up in the air and people are developing new, like solid, and maybe not so solid, but new routines for themselves, discovering new routines about themselves. Like, oh, uh, if I don't set my alarm, I tend to wake up mm. in this seven o'clock window anyway. So why was I setting the alarm for 5.30? Like, what, what, was it, what was that for? Oh, I need to go for a walk after lunch, and then I feel like a human. Um, like, and don't crash in the middle of the afternoon or whatever. Um, but some people are like, oh, these are things I've discovered I need about myself. But the second there's any sort of... Um, resistance or friction that goes out the window mm. right now there's much more control over the structure of your day so i'm asking what are your non-negotiables trying to figure out okay when you have this much control what are the things that you're like no this happens no i'm not budging on this one this is a, this this happens like I get up and I journal for whatever, or I go for a walk at this time, or I like, I have to drink tea in a cup like this. Like there's no frivolous to it. Like these are things that you're doing because they feed you or nurture you in some way. Mm -hmm. What are they? Let's name them because soon at some point there's going to be a time where you're going to have to make those decisions again about what, do you bring from this time into whatever comes next? What are the, like how, mon how many of your non-negotiables are going to make the trip into the next phase of life with you? Mm. You're thinking. I do think, I do think. 
Um, <laughs> like your eyes are going to. No, no, I'm just trying to like, the, the thing that's, I think, pretty cool, I don't actually set an alarm. I have never, it's like, it's there. And it still goes off at 7 a.m. even though I get up at like 5.45 now. <laughs> it just sort of because reminds me when, when everybody else is going to wake up mostly like at this point. Um, and it's, it's like the time, like the, the other thing that I realized when I was like alone with the kids full time is the thing that the first thing that I can do for myself is after I put them to bed at eight o'clock, I put myself to bed at eight thirty. That time, that time like, is your friend. <laughs> and if I put myself to bed at eight thirty, then I'll get up early enough in the morning that I get a little bit of quiet time by myself. Ooh, with like the good part of myself at the beginning of the day. And I just like to, to do that for myself as a part of like the, end of the, the end of the day when you're like, I need a bottle of wine for this alone time. I can't even handle it. <laughs> um, shuffling tarot cards right now. <laughs> oh, oh, we should do that. We yeah. Should, we should pull a card. That's an important part. So a thing I do want to talk about is like we got feedback for the show, but after we stopped recording. <laughs> so we haven't been able to incorporate anything. <laughs> I am so proud of us for like somehow miraculously timing three show records the moment before everything gets shut down. That was amazing. And I remember oh listening to the third one three weeks into quarantine, like, oh my God, that was wow. wild. Right? <laughs> Wild. Um, and, and it was still good. And so even if it's been six weeks of time off, we only have like nothing in the month of April. Like whatever. Everybody was in quarantine in April. A lot of shows didn't produce in the month of April or March. You know? Yeah, but we had that buffer. We had a little bit of buffer. So I'm really <laughs> stoked about like the timing. Like I feel like my gods as clowns have exceptional timing. And sometimes it's, you know, it's, it feels like, uh, it feels like what I imagine riding a wave is like where there's a reef there. And if you fall off, you'll just die. That's fine. But it looks really cool from a distance and no one knows you're about to die. So whatever. And that's sort of like how my gods operate. It's just like from a distance, it looks like, Oh, you just do this thing. It's fine. Yeah, this is fine. But like, you know, a hair to the left or the right, and I'm pummeling to my death, or this is a terrible, obscure failure. This is just like bizarro, weird. Like, how does this keep happening to humans? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, like, I think of myself as a very lucky monkey, like the luckiest mammal on earth. And if some other monkey or mammal wants to fight me for the title, they, they could have it, but I'm still feeling pretty lucky. And it's not like Vegas luck where you put some cards on a table and like you get billions of dollars or fucking whatever. It's like, that's a stupid story to me. That just doesn't even sound interesting. It just sounds like really simple and uninteresting. No, My luck comes with things. a really good story. 
like a, oh my God, it was a pandemic. It was impending. And we managed to do it. And we did this. And I, oh, oh shit. And then, you know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. I'm just remembering the day we recorded those last three episodes going, like the trip I took into the city. I remember I had on a mask, leather gloves, and a hat. And I was on, on the, the train. Like that was a oh I was so fabulous. Like get on the bus, I get on the Transbay bus, and people see me in the mask and the gloves with the hat, and everybody just kind of shuffles to the side, like they part from me. And I'm like, because of course it's black, you know, black gloves, black mask, black. So I'm looking very gothy, and just sort of sashaying down the aisle. (laughs) But also after we were done recording, I was expecting that there would still be things in the world. And I got on the train coming back to the East Bay and there were like three of us on a BART car. And I was touching things because I had leather gloves on. Like, what? I'm, I'm going to hang on to this because I don't want to fall down, like, sit down. Um, but I, like, I got the nod from people when they saw what I had on, like, yeah, you're going to need that. It was such a weird feeling, like going back and forth into the city that day. Like Market Street was empty. Ugh. That was. Ugh. And even that, like, I haven't been into the city since then. I find it more alarming, honestly, that so many people <clears throat> are flouting the stay at home order. Really? And like, yeah, it's really <laughs> hard to like, it's hard to find places to take the kids to run around. Because if you go to Golden Gate Park, no, that's it's packed. Idea. If you go to the Presidio, eh, maybe, you know, yeah. I have to go to like Coma, find an old schoolyard. You can and find a way through a fence or something. And that's how we do it. Okay. Because, yeah, we, we go for walks. We go for bike rides. We actually went on a hike up into the hills from here, which mm. is surprisingly accessible. <laughs> like, we didn't quite hit Redwood Regional, but, like, we can go on a short hike from our house and be, like, in some park. Um, and heading... Hmm? Can we pull a card? Oh, After yeah. your story, yeah, you can finish your hiking story. My I hiking just don't story. want us to forget the cards yeah. that well, are I'm there. Why do keep shuffling? Yeah, um, but the the like we would go running errands, and we go and like towards Lake Merritt, and Lake Merritt's just like gorgeous, and there's all kinds of people out, and they look like they're having a blast, and you can see like little clots, like okay, there's that's a cluster of people and that's a pandemic cluster. And that's like, everybody's just sort of like the <laughs> pandemic pod, the people that just mm. decided that we're going to isolate together. Right. Um, Cause there are multiple households who have decided to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I see that and it's like, I am even more just like terrified of people, which is why I'm kind of relieved that our park that we hike to is a hike to get to. And once you're up in it, you don't see anybody. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's woods, <laughs> like woods. Nobody's coming up on. And there's enough room. Like if you hear somebody on a switchback, 
like everybody gives everybody else leeway or like goes and takes another path or something. Um, I have tarot cards. You have them. I have tarot cards. Yes. Um, this is the Menzel's tarot. And that's all I have right now because I cannot brain and I have not had any coffee. Um, however, this does not have a book. So I actually use the galaxy tarot app when okay. I pull my card. Um, it's an app on my phone, just easier that way. Less paper. Um, she says that she handles paper. Yeah, that's fancy paper. That's yeah. different. Uh, completely fancy different. Paper. Um, so for this, I'm just shuffling. I've been shuffling for a couple of minutes. You might have heard me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been happening back there. Yeah, and I'm just going to pull a card. I got it. Okay. Wow. I'm going to... Pull up Galaxy Tarot. You have to show us the card, though. Where's the I'm card? I'm going to show the card. I want to keep see the window. Ah, I'm sitting here. I know. Oh, I the know. drum roll. Uh, the drum roll. Yeah, I'm taunting. I'm taunting. Ah, and just pay, pay. Nope. <laughs> there we go. Wow. <clears throat> okay. There it is. <gasps> Knight, Knight of Pentacles. Of Pentacles. Oh, it's so nice. Oh, it's so shiny. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm reading this now. Knight of Pentacles. Loyal, uh -oh. dependable, practical, mm -hmm. hardworking, cautious, attention to detail. This card could represent a person you know or will encounter or some aspect of yourself that is present to or present or to call upon now. The Knight of Pentacles is a cautious, slow-moving, dependable person. He is very careful about everything he does and sometimes gets so caught up in the details that progress is halted. The progress he does make, however, is sturdy and long-lasting. He is a loyal and reliable friend. He may sometimes be boring or stubborn, but he gives well thought out and practical advice. He can be controlling and may value principles and rules over all else. He values comfort and security and loves luxury. He is able to take what he's learned from academic studies and past experiences and use it in very practical ways. So our card today. Nice. Yeah. Slow down. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. It's also, I wanted to talk a little bit about, like I was in a class for podcasting yeah. right yeah. before we signed off. And then I was in the middle of doing all this work. And then I had to homeschool my kids. And, and I just sort of like both of the classes just, just done. I just couldn't do it anymore. But before that happened. I got a lot of work done in the podcasting class. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them, one of the things that I got done was rewriting our description. The new one is, do you know the true cost of doing business? Hosts Courtney King and Rebecca Oliveira share an impassioned rant of festo, spreading their hopeful vision on how to do business with kindness, abundance, and community as core considerations in creating capital. A new topic a new topic is explored each week with guests offering guidance to any listener attempting to exist in a world willing to grind people into cogs. Let's imagine something better together and cultivate the mindset that kindness in and of itself 
is a resource. Our tarot card poll opens listeners to curiosity and mysticism, for we certainly do not know everything. We'll see you in the future. Holy shit. So that was one of the things. That's really good. It's a lot better than what I was doing before, where it was like, you know, talking about externalities and protectionism and stuff like that. And those are economic concepts that are important, but this isn't really an economic show, really. Not the same way. It's like yeah. a reimagined way of thinking of, of, the people of more things within economics. Are more about that language that you exactly. just... Exactly. So that was the first thing that we got, was that much better description. Um, the other thing was people started listening to it at the beginning. And I was like, you know, talking about the timeline and how like the conversation that I had with myself was like, cut it. No more. No. Just, dude, you're feeling yourself, aren't you? No, I said, cut it. And that was literally the sentence that I wrote. And people wrote, like multiple people were like, oh, I just started it. And I'm super bummed that it's going to not be an hour and a half now. (laughs) (laughs) I was really into it being an hour and a half. And I I hear you and I accept that, you know, but just hearing that people enjoyed hanging out with us so much that they were sad. There was multiple people kind of sad that we cut the showtime by two thirds. But but it was tighter. It's tighter and, we, and it's better. And we wouldn't have been able to get those three episodes cranked out oh, God. pre-pandemic if we hadn't tightened up. <laughs> and it's a better show this way. We don't have oh. the the cast and crew to do something like The View. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's kind of the direction we were going with that, really. It was like in that department. Yeah. And this but feels more not- like a... A tighter, like a newscasty thing, more. You know, not quite newscasty. Yeah. More like uh, we're really more like a kind of um, people yelling yeah. at you from the porch when you walk by. It's like, hey, this honestly, is you we both have like a preachy thing, right? <laughs> we're like, you've got your, you know, seminal school dropout thing, and I also come from that like spiritual background of like we're we're up on some giving some sermon shit, and that's the, that's what we're doing. Right. But, but people don't want to get preached at. And so you, you have to kind of, a modern day attention span forces you to make it a soundbite and not a sermon. You just kind of do that. You got to get real at it. (laughs) Although I think I keep thinking about my pastor, like my pastor growing up was like, if you can't say it in 10 minutes, don't. That's real shit. Yeah. I mean, he believed in short sermons. He's like, we all have things to do. <laughs> My pastor Campbell was not, that was not. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, no, I Everybody he else didn't can do say it like that. He was just like, I don't care about the, I don't care about the Super Bowl, y'all. You sit there. <laughs> nope. No, because I remember right when Reverend Larry would start his sermons, he would unclasp his watch and put it so it was on the palm of his hand. And just start talking. <laughs> and at 10 minutes, that was it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. He was very to the point. Like That's I good, remember, though. I remember when my, uh, my grandmother died the day after Reverend Larry's wife died. Um, and my grandmother's eulogy was the first eulogy he delivered after burying his wife. And he stood up in the pulpit and just stared down at everybody. And then he put a mic like this, like a wireless thingy like this on. 
and came down and sat next to my grandfather and gave just like a man to man talk on what it's like to lose the woman you love. Like that was the eulogy. And everybody was like, that's the sort of duty was. That's so cool. Yeah. That was like a complete tangent. That's beautiful though. I'm not, I'm not against that. I'm also not against a quick, like a long show for, you know, the first show in a month. Yeah. Um, we got probably we're got a lot up. to say, you know? Yeah. Um, the I other feedback. Saying, oh, go ahead. The other feedback from the class was just slow down, just <laughs> slow down. And it, it helps, it helps with the interrupting, which we both yeah. do. And that's also kind of a, cultural thing and that's fine i mean we were having fun and i think the good thing about the video we the good thing about releasing the video has been you can see that yeah that it's not like a combative like i want the conch you know it's more like ah so excited you know that's That's just what we're doing there that's fine it's just more clear with the video yeah um and i do a lot of gestures already so i know yeah we already do um and the other thing that was from the class that I think was super helpful, like it was a kind of, um, it's really focused on interviews and how to get a good interview from people. Um, Mm -hmm. which we don't really do a lot of interviews. And I think it's sort of one of the, one of the sort of hacks, um, to get your show started, uh, is to, like talk to people who are already famous or more, you know, have more clout, yeah. whatever that means for you, have more influence or whatever than you or whatever that is um, to sort of create a conversation with specific people that are already having that conversation, but just like, you know, funnel it all together. Um, we didn't do that. <laughs> we don't do that. And it's kind of encouraging. It's very encouraging to hear that the show that we've been producing is enough. We are enough to do a show. There's that enough word again. <laughs> yeah. You know, even just like the fact that like, you know, I produce, I just come from that production background and that is the biggest fucking fuck myself <laughs> I look over at the- <laughs> yeah i know the box is right there i, I try like we can tell that story <laughs> we are gonna we're gonna do that right okay. now so i feel like this can maybe be where we're gonna close too so i went and and i thought i i think everything i think the stuff the gear is so important because of my technical background and because the price point is so low versus what it was at the beginning of my career in the nineties. It's just the, the cost of electronics. Do you know this as an organizer is one of the things that is just through the floor as far as plummeted you know, things to, compared to inflation. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. What the fuck you can buy with a dollar. Yes. So, I have this perspective that's just like, this is a great value. Define you know? value. That's right. <laughs> you know, um, and, and we don't need it. 
So I made this giant studio, you know, with all this gear and I, I'm attached to it. You know, we, I spent all this money and time and I'm attached to it. I want to keep using it. I'm attached to our sound. You know, there's this thing that like musicians do with their guitars and shit. We're just like, this is my unique guitar sound. This is I have this sound. special guitar with like specific pickups and it comes out of the specific crate with these specific horns and like a specific driver and like the specific amp and my sound. They <laughs> have whole they have whole digital devices that model the sound of different hardware cabinets because someone can tell the difference. I can't. I, I literally can't. I can't. I never could, but I still fucking care a lot. And um, so I'm like, I want to carry on like our sound. We're a podcast. I care so much about our sound, right? I want us to keep the same sound. And so I made this box and I put it's it all together box. and I tested it before I did something and I didn't test it all the way. <laughs> I didn't test it all the way through the cans while it was recording. I just sort of looked at the little meters doing the thing and I was like, that's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> fucking pro dude wow. <laughs> <laughs> and i dropped it off i got a hold of the box <laughs> set it up in my space because it's like i created my own office out of a guest room which has been really nice like with natural light for filming and whatnot and a space here and i wasn't quite sure what i was going to do with the space it's a, like i've got an old steamer trunk next to the desk mm -hmm. and rebecca shows up with this box that fits perfectly on the steamer trunks. So I'm like, okay, boom, that's where it is. And it's got everything. Like the, when I talked about, oh, there's no wave to look at, like the little panel that controls the, what the wave looks like. There's one of those in this box. And like, you, like everything's plugged in and set and you just plug it, it, it is plug and play. Presumably. <laughs> Um, apparently not. <laughs> we tried this last night or the other day, and uh, uh, oh God. it was bad. It was it was not bad. It was educational. That's true. It was it very was educational. educational. Um, I, I got real familiar with the gear. <laughs> uh, the point was I, that you wouldn't have to. But that's a side. Whatever. Carry I got on. much less afraid of manhandling the gear. <laughs> like mainly. Yeah, it's, it's designed to do that. That's what technicians do. Yeah. That's the job. And learn. Like, oh, mm -hmm. I can snatch this thing down and swing on it in order to hold it where I need to anchor. Like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, and I plugged the thing in and followed the cables and things plugged in and there were labels and it was great. And I put the cans on and I turned the thing on. And I'm not even next to the mic, and I'm hearing, I can hear my breathing in the mic, <laughs> in the headphones, and I'm like, oh no, this is too loud. <laughs> and as I get the headphones down next to the mic, there's this otherworldly screech that starts, and I can't get it to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I still, we, we played with it and we, 
Mm. And I cannot, I don't know what's wrong. I'm gonna have to just take it back. Okay. And just, you know, I, I can't in the, I mean, you could sit there and fuck with it too, but it's just like the whole point is I'm the technician. I was supposed to have this. It was supposed to be plug and play. <laughs> I was supposed to go to London last month. <laughs> there was a, a supposed, I was supposed to, it's a lot of shit supposed to happen. Yeah, there was a lot of supposed to. That's okay. That's okay. This is where we are now. Yeah. Embrace the Kairos. <laughs> <sighs> and honestly, I'm kind of, because people, and I don't blame them, I'm not mad. I don't, I'm not the kind of person that's going to be like, the people that are protesting are stupid. I don't think they're stupid. I think that they have a limited, I think that they have a limited understanding of what's happening. And I think that they have added valuations to human life that is unfortunately like stratified. Um, but they, they thought about it and they think this is the right decision. And I respect that. I don't agree with them, but because they're doing the thing, I'm sort of, that's the part where I started growing to start with the, when the protests started, I was like, Oh shit. Cause there's like another curve. There's a bunch of other curves coming. There's the pandemic infection curve. And the second curve is like a lot of these people that are doing these protests are people that raise the food. You know, we, th there was people talking about the meat thing. Okay. Well, we just force people to work in unsafe conditions with an executive order. Well, what happens when all those people die? Well, then what do we do? Like, like we just keep making really bad decisions. <laughs> And so now I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, I think I should grow some food. Garden. And it's not even like, we we're in California. We're where the food is at. You know? That is true. We're not actually likely in California to experience a great deal of food scarcity. We're at it's the, the food. Bigger national brands that are really struggling because they have such tight margins. They don't have the flexibility to adjust to this shit. They're fucked. But, you know, we were already upwardly mobile humans getting our bougie groceries at the, you know, farm to table, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this fancy restaurant supply chain. Okay, who are their suppliers? Go buy from them. Right. Most of our supply chain is just a little different because we're at a different class, right? That's a part of what's happening is like the way things impact us here, which is like upper middle class somewhere versus like, fuck, these like poor folks are going to get fucked. Poor folks are getting fucked. And like one of the, like the historical things about the, the Spanish flu that I keep thinking about is two things. One celebrations after the war ended fucked people up and two so many poor people died that that's the reason we got a lot of these labor rights is because suddenly cheap labor was super fucking scarce because they all fucking died and that's shitty it's shitty that people are literally out in the street advocating for that shit like that's gonna be that's the solution and so I'm kind of like, oh, God, this could be like until the end of next winter. 
And that's kind of like mentally and emotionally where I set myself. It's just like, all right, I hear you. I'm sorry that you feel trapped in this way. Um, and also I feel like if you just sold your truck and stopped driving it around, you might save a little money. Um, quit with the avocado toast. Yeah. Quit with us on the avocado toast and get some super gas mileage, bro. <laughs> um, but I just sort of feel like it sucks and I think it's going to keep sucking for a while. Yeah. And like my best position is, yeah, this is going to just suck for the next year and a half or the next year or so. Yeah. I saw and a line where somebody called it the, a mass jankification. I saw somebody post a thing of like someone traveling back from the future and was like, oh, it's the first year of the fucking pandemic. And just like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh, God. And that's just, you know, I feel like that's a safe place to set my expectations. Um, oh, okay. Wait, you're one. Got it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, in, and that's in the face of, like, I've got a couple folks, like, especially my stepmom, where, like, she's, chron- she's terminally ill. She's been given, you know, nine years to live. And like, she does not like it when I say, oh, this is going to be until the end of next winter. She's not like it. She had plans. <laughs> she was trying to live her life because she ain't got much left, you know? Yeah. And no. So now. So now I call her every day about this garden. <laughs> yeah. So now what matters? I call her every day about this garden. Yeah. Now, what are the non-negotiables? And she's just starting to get to that place. But I don't think she's, she's been listening to our podcast. I don't think she's going to like this episode so much, but, or at least not the end part, you know, like there's just people where it's just, it's, it's, it's really fucking hard to say that. Yeah. There's people having a really fucking hard time right now. Not everybody's there. super easy for me to say, and it's fucking hard for most people to say. Let alone here. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of like how I'm taking care of myself with it. I'm just like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, pre- prepare for the worst. <laughs> Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. I can get nine bins in my <laughs> garage as a like grow room for potatoes and onions and squash, carrots. Mm. I'm doing three bins a month. Takes them three months to grow. Just. Yeah. I mean, we can, ex- we still have room to expand our garden if need be. I'm just trying to get as much people seeds as possible. I'm trying to just like the curve that I'm worried about is the food curve. The curve that I'm worried about is that the collapse of other structures, like, when it doesn't matter how much money you have, you still can't get food. Yeah. That's going to fuck people up. Like poor people yeah. are like, whatever. Like I don't, <laughs> I've seen this bad shit. I, I don't got faith in shit anymore, but there's people, yeah. you know, there's other people that have faith <laughs> this in sisters. This is a new situation for a lot of people. Super yeah. new. We've been, we haven't been giving seeds. We've been giving uh, starts. Mm. Um, we have. What kind of, what do you got? <laughs> 
We, yeah, got, you know? we, put a, we put a collared tree. We put a collared tree in the backyard. Mm. And I was just sort of like, for those of you listening in other parts of the country, collard greens, uh, there's collard greens that come in tree form out here. And they, they are a tree. They will just keep growing. They are not yeah. indestructible. And they're, they're greens. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you get them established, they will keep shoving greens at you. Mm-hmm. Like forever. It's a tree. It just keeps going. Um, an evergreen tree. And it's impossible. Like it's, I have yet to encounter anybody who's successfully done one from seed. I don't know if it even produces seed. Like it propagates by cutting. Like it does uh, rhizomes and whatnot. My step, my my mom grew chard and mustard Mm -hmm. greens. I've planted chard and mustard greens in my boxes. Um, And the thing is, most people just do it as greens and you just cut it as it goes, but eventually it gets too tall and you just start over. That's what you do with the lettuce, the greens, all of the greens. Kale, kale grows into a tree too. All of them. Uh, shard. Our shard is turning into a shrubbery. Like a, it's got a root like this big around and it just nice. keeps hitting things out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we like started making cuttings off of the greens tree and have been giving little pots. Like it's a baby. You must take care of it. But right. once you take care of it, it will it's take care there. of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing that I've been, I'm going to do a little video and article about, uh, my stepmother taught me that you can make a salad in a pot mm. where you just like cross section it and like kind of off center section it so that like, uh, there's You're a heavy on one. Yeah. So one side is going to be lettuce and spinach and the other side is going to be radishes and just like a single celery stalk. And yeah. so like in your smallest section is that celery stalk because it just goes straight up. But it's, you, you just keep, you just peel off the edge and you just keep going. Keep eating it and it just like keeps it keeps going. Growing. You get have a salad every other day and that motherfucker will feed you for weeks until it gets so tall and you're like, yeah, this looks stupid. I'm going to get another one. <laughs> or you can just like keep, keep it fucking feeding like you. Put it in a pot and make yeah. a smell. Yeah. Um, so like. But yeah, like feeding people who need it getting starts to people who have room to grow their own looking out for people. Yeah. Yeah. Your relationships cultivate your relationships. And if you don't have relationships, cultivate yourself, cultivate yourself your into seat. someone. Yeah. That's your it's number cultivating one. Seat. Relationship with yourself cultivate relationship yourself seat. into someone that you like. If you don't like yourself, figure out why. <laughs> Love those parts. Stop fucking lighting them on fire. Do <laughs> ah. you feel good? Feels good. It feels good. Yeah. Oh, God, are we going to do this again? We're going to do this again. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> of course we're doing this again. Duh. I'm just going to, I'm not going to do the outro and all that extra shit. I'm going to just no. assume that people have heard it before. Please, you know, take excellent care of people and wait, no, take excellent care of yourself. Of yourself. And the people. The people in the world you. around you, please. Take care of the world around you by taking care of yourself. Yes, please. <laughs> please. I will see you in the future. Yes, I want to go to parties again. 